Hello there, friends, and welcome back to Sad PP, the South American Dota Pro Podcast. We've got episode 11. No guest today, just a little bit of the roots. Zayori and Bowie talking about the major and various other updates. It's been a little while since we last talked. We've had a pretty intense set of episodes, Bowie, with a lot of drama happening in the space. Uh, I'm excited just to sit back and chit-chat about all the epicness that is Thunder Predator tearing it up oh, at the yeah. major right now, bud. Dude, I am so happy. I mean, we talked about this the entire season, right? Like, it would be awesome if the SA teams did well. So, uh, you know, maybe we get more slots. Maybe we just get more eyes interested in the games. Mm -hmm. And I think we're kind of, uh, we're definitely going towards that direction, which makes me really happy. Me too, man. I, it's like this. So, covering that first DPC season was so much fun. I feel like I'm connecting with these South American players more than ever before, empathizing with the storylines. I want to see these guys turn up on LAN. And, you know, it's been tough to watch all these games live with the Singapore Major being completely inverted from our South, our, our America's yeah. time zones. But uh, I woke up today and saw that Thunder Predator is 8 and 0 in the group stage. Uh, we got to be a little oh, yeah. careful, too, because this podcast is going to come out today. They might bomb out in day two of the group stage. <laughs> So, you know, we can't overhype them too yeah, much, yeah, but yeah. they are the only team undefeated in groups right now. They've taken out Aster, Alliance, uh, Quincy Crew, and Liquid. That's a yeah. pretty impressive set of teams to uh, go convincingly 2-0 against. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I think the convincingly is really important because those games were stomps, dude. Uh, with very few exceptions, I think, they just marched towards, like, they, they just walked on top of a lot of those teams and yeah uh i guess like what i was expecting was beast coast doing that so the fact that thunder predator is the one doing it is it's pretty it's pretty cool like it, yeah. it, it definitely shows that there's more talent than just beast coast because everyone's saying you know sa is the new na we have uh, beast coast everyone else mm -hmm. is not really that good oh, yeah so I, I i mean i i know that maybe thunder predator might not get like top four maybe they just you know bomb out top 12 top eight but i think so. i think they already proved a point you know they're definitely yeah. good enough absolutely uh, and i guess worth yeah. making a note it's probably common knowledge at this point but beast coast uh they had their their oh, yeah. bubble was uh breached so uh i, I think it was Stinger was the original source, and then the other players were near him. So um, even mm -hmm. if they were able to test negative to get on the flights, they were concerned with incubation periods that maybe others had been infected, and the only safe maneuver was just to say, we can't go, we're staying home. So Beast Coast dropping out, I mean, that was also a big blow. We've got one team representing South America now in this major. So a lot of pressure yep. on Thunder Predator. I guess how much of their current run... Do you chalk up to Thunder Predator performing well versus these teams not being prepared against Thunder Predator, right? Because you, you and I were talking mm -hmm. in the pre-show, like in the yeah. past, teams have said, yeah, we didn't watch any of Beast Coast games. We didn't think they were that good. So that makes it easier for Beast Coast to explode at the beginning part of a tournament. Was that was that TI9 when they made that run? Am I remembering? Uh what, what? Yes, it was it was TI9. Yes. Um, you mean Beast Coast, right? Beast Coast, yes, Beast Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, are we getting more of those vibes here? Like, are teams just not prepared for Thunder Predator, and that's why they look so good? Or do you feel like Thunder Predator are actually stepping up mm. here? So, I mean, the Major has a lot of teams, right? So it's not... Uh, it, 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 there's a very low chance you're going to be able to prepare for everyone. Right. And I'm pretty sure Tender Predator was not in the uh, priority list of a lot of those teams. So Fair. Uh, for sure, part of uh, of the issue comes from them not preparing. But I don't think you beat teams like Liquid uh, and Quincy Crew 2-0 like that 
with only lack of preparation as an excuse, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say maybe 60% of of the two zeros are part of the lack of preparation. But I I feel like they're just really good. I think they're really good and they're really confident. And it shows from from the games that they played. Uh, they, They just, they have no fear. Mm-hmm. It was. It definitely reminds me of Beast Coast the way they played the the TI9 run. Yeah. TI9 run you mentioned. Well, so and one of the yeah. things I've heard multiple analysts talk about is this dynamic of North America specifically, but it's also a truth in South America. The Americas prioritize lanes, right? That is like the that mm-hmm. we heard, was it Saberlight that, that came into North America. It's like Jesus, I, I can't believe how much people are 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 prioritizing these lanes. Like, I, I don't even get to play Dota. It feels like we lose in the first 10 minutes because they're all in on securing the lanes then riding that momentum. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a really good strategy for catching teams off guard, especially when it feels like the meta in Tier 1 Europe is a little more, like, secret is notorious for those mid-game moves, the, the late-game beast. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a lot of these European teams really draft for mid-game play and don't put as much priority in the lanes. And then you see these games at 15 minutes, Thunder Predator has a you know, 5, 6, 7, 10K net worth lead, and it's just overwhelming. I mean, that game two versus Aster was exactly like that. The TA had 250 CS at 19 minutes. Yeah. What? I think... like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you watched this game that I'm going to quote, but uh, their first game against Liquid. The Liquid ran uh, Death Prophet. Um... I think it was Death Prophet. They had like three pushers. I think they had Death Prophet DK or something like that. And it was it definitely showed why these European teams play for the mid game, uh, as we talked about. Uh, they they were trying to go for these bottom barracks, and they pushed three times. They lost the push the th- uh, all three times, and eventually the Predator just won because they were just like mm. throwing bodies and couldn't actually take it. Uh, so I think that's why they was a end up DP Lycan duo Liquid had in game yes. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DP Lycan and the Terrible just got a lot of kills and they just ended the game. Uh, so I just feel like the Thunder Predator maybe they're very confident in the way that they play and maybe they did, don't have that much to lose because uh, it's true. Yeah, I don't think they maybe they didn't have that many that much expectations, right? If you're secret, you want to be top three. Uh, if you turn a predator, I'm pretty sure you just want to play the best Dota that you can, and everything that comes after that is mm-hmm. uh, is like a bonus. Yeah. So I just feel like they're playing with no fear, and it it's it, it helped so far. So definitely we'll see how how they keep um, that going. And you are right. I watched the three of the four series. I did not see the Liquid series. I caught Quincy oh. uh, Alliance and Aster. I watched the replays this morning. I you're right. Game one. They, they didn't dominate the lanes. They just won a couple of uh, mid-game fights. And then, like you said, the Terrible got huge and just kind of ended the game. But um, mm-hmm. like watching the Aster series today against Thunder Predator, one of uh, my subscribers was sort of joking, I wonder if Aster is kind of tilted coming into game two, right? Imagine this mentality. Your team Aster, you're up against Thunder Predator. You expect them to be this garbage South American team that you're going to run over. You haven't really done that much preparation. And then game one, it's a 50-minute... I wouldn't call it a blowout, but uh, the position one Ursa on Thunder Predator went 18 and one. So pretty convincing win. Never really a moment when that Ursa was not having an amazing game. And he didn't do anything crazy either. He just went Battle Fury, blink into a basher, into a B or a a BKB rather, into a basher, into a Bizzle, then the Swift Blink, like textbook Dota. Nothing unpredictable, but just really Mm. crisp gameplay, no overextensions. You come into game two, first thing that Aster does is lock. Bottom feeds under the tower of first blood with position five uh, a- abaddon 
And it, I, I wonder how much of that psychological element does play a role. Like if you have those mismatched expectations, then you get rolled in game one. Is it even harder in game two when you feel like, um, I, don't, I don't know, your, your expectations don't meet reality, I guess, right? It's a, it's a tilt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's definitely, I think some teams are more prone to that sort of thing than others. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, watching that game, uh, the, the game one you talked about, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if tilt was a factor. Uh, and I think, you know, the amount of games might be another thing that uh, play to their, to their strength, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of players were complaining that four BO2s in a row was a little bit too much. Yeah, uh, not, not sure how you feel about it, but uh, at the same I, time, you have this COVID thing that you have to handle, right? Yeah. So I understand where the tournament organizers are coming from, too. It kind of cuts both ways. It's like in COVID times, things are really hard. So I understand the temptation. Like we want this tournament to be as few days as possible, but still maximize the amount of games because we want people here on land for the shortest amount of time possible. Totally yeah. get that logic. I, I can't even really fault it. But you're right. It, what The end result is that teams don't get that same amount of analysis time in between matches to really go back and look at replays and say, oh, this is clearly what went wrong. This is where our strategy failed. You kind of have to do it on the fly and just jump right into the next game. That's that's hard. Mm -hmm. that, that's like up in the skill cap compared to the, the lands that we're used to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm just really happy with yeah. the way you glowing, dude? is doing. Dude, I'm... I, I, the only thing not glowing myself right now is the fact that Beast Coast is also not there. Right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like two SA teams in top six? Like that would be even top eight. Would be I incredible. mean, that's a hell of a run yeah. right there for a yeah. region that, you know, unless you're you were watching uh, our coverage, you're probably not that invested in it. Um, one of the other things I noticed about Thunder Predator, um, their drafting style seems to have improved a little bit since we saw them in the DPC league. And I don't know if you caught like some of the nuances, but in mm. the series against Aster, they played mid nature's profit in game one. They last picked it for Leo. Absolutely dumpstered, right? He's moving around the map. It's the classic mid nature's profit. You'd expect feels like he's everywhere. Super oppressive rushes. The orchid helps take over the game. Game two, mm. they pick the profit early in the draft. So naturally, you're thinking, oh, God, this Leo profit's going to be really hard to deal with. And then yeah. curveball, it's not the Leo profit. They pick the TA instead. Like, I saw that draft and immediately thought, yo, Thunder Predator's playing mind games right now. Like, they are, they are playing Dota and poker at the same time, where they are bluffing in these drafts. <laughs> They're forcing teams to think one thing and then consider another, like... They are a hard team to draft against right now, I think. They've shown a pretty good amount of hero diversity and even diversity uh, of heroes in different roles in the hands of different players. Like, they played a five Mars today or yesterday. They played a five Tidehunter yeah. yesterday. And even with Wraith King, right? In one of the series, was it the Quincy was it Cruise lane? No, the, the, they played one Wraith King both games against Quincy Crew, but game one, he went for uh, Armlet Radiance, and then game two against the Medusa, he was like, nope, Midas Radiance, and just out-greeted the Dusa, just straight up got the farming tools. Like, even game to game, if they're playing the same hero, they're still switching up item builds, reacting to what's happening. Like, they're getting away from this cookie-cutter Dota, and they're playing in the moment, and it just feels so fucking good to see, dude. Like, that is, yeah. that is peak Dota right there, you know? Those mm -hmm. little nuanced differences that have a huge impact on how the game transpires. I think if you look at MNZ, their carry, uh, he played three Rave King games, but besides that, I don't think he repeat he repeated a single carry hero. Maybe he played two Ursa games. I but, think he did uh, play two Ursa games. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 
but he played like Weaver, Terrorblade. Um, he 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 played at least like out of those eight games, he probably played five or or six heroes. So I was really impressed with how like how many heroes he was playing. Mm-hmm. They they do repeat a lot of heroes on Frank. So if I would say like if they actually had any weaknesses, I would say uh, picking that pushing off laner, I think is a core uh, stone of mm-hmm. their draft. Not not only them, but you know if if they can somehow not give Death Prophet, Beastmaster, or Nature's Prophet, I think their game plan becomes much lower. Yeah. But overall, like they they just well, feel like a oil like very well oiled machine. They definitely. they don't have a lot of like weak links. Uh, everyone's playing really well. I think, yeah, you're right. Everyone has played well. Every uh, Watching those series today, I think there were moments where I went, this guy's playing out of his mind. Oh, this guy's playing out of his mind. Leo style solo kills an Ember mid lane to get first blood. Like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Le- it looks like Leo's in form right now. But Frank had a couple really good Pangolier games also. One of them oh, in yeah. particular... Like, you're right about the pushing offlaners, but they're not that one-dimensional. They still have other options, and sometimes Frank really shines on these, like, chaotic, just space creation semi-carries like Pangolier, where he's setting up fights then also doing big damage. Mm-hmm. They had a tied game that he played pretty well, too. Yeah. Five and two, 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, they... So- they're owning. So how far do you think they're actually going to go? Like real talk, how how soon Ooh. until they get figured out? Like we're 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 taking the risky play to record this halfway through the groups. <laughs> is is this going to keep up or have um, all the teams like do they have their number? Right? Like who do they still have to play? Uh Vici, PSG, LGD and Neon, I think are the remaining uh matchups for Thunder Predator. So how do you think they're going to do against China? Maybe that's a, a better direct question. All right, just before I answer, if you win the first, if you go to the upper bracket and you win one series, you're top eight, right? Is that correct? Let's see. Let me do some math here. One, two, three, four. I think so. It's either top eight or top 10. It's hard to visualize with the bracket empty like this, but yeah, you're close. I would say, I would say top eight is, uh, is a fair, is a, is a fair prediction. Uh, I don't feel like they're going to go undefeated in the group stages because uh, I, I think people are going to study them. And regardless of, you know, being China or anyone else, I think there's a lot of eyes on Tender Predator. So mm-hmm. it's it's very, it's expected that they're going to lose a game. Uh, but I I can feel them actually winning one game uh, in the upper bracket. I think we were talking about this, right? We don't know if, if they end up, first in their group or in the group mm-hmm. who are they playing Do, yeah like, so is that no the seating is a little weird because obviously we've had to tweak the format with so with two teams dropping out um so the wild card helped with that but now in the groups uh, the bottom team of the group stage is eliminated from the tournament um okay top three go into the upper bracket I believe. Let me just double check and make sure I've got this right. Yes, they go straight into the upper bracket of the playoffs, and then the fourth through seventh place teams are advanced directly to the lower bracket round one of the playoffs. So I believe you were right. If you win that first round of the upper bracket, you're guaranteed top eight. Um, okay. But do we know how they're going to no, pair the I, top three with the upper bracket teams? I don't think so. If that information has okay. been released, uh, I missed it. But I, I mm-hmm. don't think we know exactly how the seeding is going to go down. All right, all right. So, yeah, t- TBD on that one, buddy. But, uh, yeah, that matchup, that'll be big, right? Those matchups will be really telling. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think top eight, you know, because even if they lose to like an EG or a secret waiting for them, uh, they still have a chance uh, of playing another one. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, top eight. Top eight. Okay. All right. I, I yeah. think I'm going to echo that prediction. That's that's pretty safe. Um, and yeah, if you make it out of groups, you're, you're guaranteed top 12. So uh, mm-hmm. looking rough for who's most, I think Neon right now is, is looking most likely to be eliminated, though uh, they're down there with Alliance. So that Alliance versus Neon series that'll be coming up to, uh, this evening, that's going to be a big one for the, the battle of the bottom of who could potentially be eliminated. Yeah, I was surprised with uh, with Alliance's results. Honestly, I I definitely yeah expected a little bit more. I so I, I've I've been tunnel visioned on on Thunder Predator. Right, there's so much Dota going on. I can't watch <laughs> yeah. all of it. There's not enough hours in the day, so you got to pick and choose a little bit. Um, the Thunder Predator versus Alliance series felt particularly bad for Alliance. They they opened with Lion in both game both drafts and both huh. drafts. I was watching it, just thinking like. Why? Of all, like, you could pick any support here. Just like, so game one, uh, it was a first pick puck from Thunder Predator, and then Alliance countered with the Lion. I don't okay. like it, but I get it, right? Lion's very uh-huh. good against puck. It was a position for Lion. The problem is that Leo's style popped off and had Witchblade before Lion was even level six. So Lion countering Oof. puck was basically impossible, right? Lion shows up uh-huh. and puck just fucking kills him. So yeah. not the best <laughs> counter. That happens in game one. Okay, we come into game two. Alliance have actual first pick and they open with Lion again. Why? Wow. I really, oh. like, I'm struggling. To, and then they tried to play uh, mid Grimstroke as well. And I think he got E-Blade at 27 minutes. The game was, like, already over by the huh. time the mid Grimstroke had E-Blade. It was a really tough looking series for alliance like thunder predator looked good but it also looked like alliance were kind of their their just enemy a little stuff. bit or something i don't know um huh. it just didn't because like, you said they played offlane alchemist too right was this that was that was two? game one they had s4 alchemist and they had nico baby uh monkey king so they did that like og okay. potential strat yeah. where the monkey king goes for the maelstrom first item he gets pulled the agonims like asap at 15 minutes or whatever once out gets it and then he just rushes bkb once you get the bkb you're like plus 5k net worth over the enemy carry who's also been farming well and then you take those big team fights and run down the game with this fed monkey king but it just didn't work like the, there was an ursa on the enemy side and the ursa just ate through the monkey king turns out bkb is a useless item against ursa and yep. yeah, sure, the Ags is good, good, but if you just get bursted down before the fight really breaks out, doesn't really matter how farmed you are, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it seemed like the strategy from Alliance was fair, but Thunder Predator had that number. It, it seemed to me like Thunder Predator was really keen on the timings, and right as Alliance were looking to set up that, okay, this is our power spike, this is our time, Thunder Predator were already controlling runes, had a smoke ready, and smoked into Alliance as the BKB was like, well, actually, no, I had that wrong. I'm sorry. Thunder Predator did lose a fight against Alliance, but then immediately after, it was the nine-second BKB charge um, where mm. the Monkey King just got completely obliterated. So the power spike, simply put, just didn't feel big enough with this position three alchemist pooling agonims. How do you feel about that build, by the way? Are you, like, keen on this alk strat, or do you feel it's a little... Oh, man. I, 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 had, I had this pub recently with an offlane alchemist. I, I, I am a firm believer that Dota 2 is... A creative, inventive <laughs> game where everyone is allowed to do different things. But uh, I gotta say, uh, this I, I don't like the the offlane alchemist that just gets ag straight up. I think the hero just feels like 
nothing afterwards. You're committing like, to 4v5. It's actually, yes. it's, it's like Wisp Dota, but even more extreme because Wisp is still like half a hero. Alchemist mm -hmm. with a blink dagger and phase boots at 30 minutes is literally not a hero. I, like, I don't if think you he don't does have anything. a hero that just like forces high ground. Like if you don't have a Lycan, uh, a DP, something that really forces the high ground, I think it's actually really bad. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I prefer the offlane Alchemist that gets like blink solar crest and then you start giving the eggs after 25 30 minutes where like you're actually a stun that can do something yes. uh I, I i just you know it might work in some competitive games uh og definitely makes it look okay but overall i it I seems like very it has a lot of flaws yeah it's really one-sided uh like one-dimensional i think yeah yeah uh, i'm with you on that i think so um mm -hmm. uh, been, been a hell of a group stage so far though uh, and the series versus quincy crew was also kind of weird like similar to the lion that i was just complaining about both games quincy crew played razor and in game one they did a, i think it was a position one for yawar and then game two they put it mid and both games i just kind of felt like what does this razor do like i understand he's like an <laughs> anti-carry hero he buys bots and if he snowballs he can take the game down but if he doesn't snowball he feels more like yeah. a liability than an asset. He's a really weird hero. I, I, I feel like Razor can work. I, I really like Ag. I actually really like Ag's Razor. I think it's an un under purchase oh, item. I don't think they got uh, Ag's in either game. <laughs> yeah, it, it really helps you push, and it's just like really strong in team fights. But if you don't really have a hero that you lane with the Razor and crushes, so like if you're mm -hmm. Razor versus a PA or Razor versus an Alchemist that like cannot even see yes uh, with the Razor, I think you, you lose a lot of value from from the hero. Mm -hmm. it, it's obviously good, but it's also like one dimensional. I think it doesn't push well, it doesn't gank well, uh, it's it doesn't do a lot of different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So about the major itself, though, uh, I, did you notice that in the client it still says that it's a million dollar prize pool for the uh, huh. for the major? But and no, I didn't. In the description, it says five hundred k, but like in the big bold text, when you look at like the replay breakdown in the client, it still says a million dollars. And uh, I, I, that's probably just a relic from the past because the old majors of the last majors, three years yeah. were all a million. But I'm not gonna lie, dude. There was a little part of me that felt like, is this one of those like? unintentional intentional mess ups where like yeah we put the wrong number there hopefully people won't continue to flame us for cutting the majors prize pool in half this should confuse a couple of people like i'm, I'm a little jaded and cynical but that one irked me a little bit buddy like that's one of the biggest beefs about this dpc season is that they cut the major prize pools literally in half it's been a big yeah. talking point it just it stood out to me a little bit that, that's all you know yeah that that's weird <laughs> i I mean, I'm I sure it's sure just an error. The but... janitor could have fixed that if uh, <laughs> yeah. if they really wanted to. So I yeah. think maybe not enough Reddit posts ah. uh, were made about this yet. Right, so. right. Good old Reddit. <laughs> um, and, and what the hell's happened to B Cop, dude? Can we throw that out there? I don't know if you saw that he tweeted that he arrived and then yeah. promptly deleted his tweet, and we have heard nothing from him since. Um, I hope Is everything's like... okay. In quarantine, I guess he is right. In, if he actually in got theory, COVID. yes. Um, I mean, we don't know much beyond that Gosu Gamers article that came out, and even that article is like we don't know for sure that that's B Cop, but 28 year old American flying in from Romania. Uh, I don't think that's a pretty niche demographic, so yeah, it kind of has to be him. And the fact that he deleted his tweet makes me wonder a little bit. And 
I just, I genuinely, I hope he's okay. I've sent him a DM a day since he deleted that tweet and have not heard back yet. So wow. um, I'm just a little, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for our guy. I hope he's okay. I hope uh, if he has COVID that he's, he's being treated. And I mean, I, I also can't help but think how scary would it be to be in a foreign country um, where, you know, you don't know the culture, you don't know the language, and you're locked in a hospital with a really scary disease. Um, and if you have any other health issues or comorbidities, like I would just be really, really scared. Like being in the hospital you be alone able to is scary. Your cell phone—that's so weird, right? Yeah, right. It's it's like I don't know why they would cut him off from the internet. So I don't have much to add here, other than just like a little shout out. You know, some some positive mental energy of <laughs> like I feel bad that this was B Cop's first major. This is a huge opportunity for him, and yeah. Uh, I, I just I hope he's okay, man, and I, I hope he's able to show up and cast. And if he can't cast this one, then I hope he gets another shot. Be I mean, fuck, that's just so sad. He's been grinding yeah. online for four years now. Finally, gets invited to a major, and then can't actually participate and cast it despite traveling there and taking all the risk during a pandemic time. You I imagine I, he went from Romania. So did he stay there? Uh, I think after so. the the DPC league. Okay. I think so. I I don't know exactly. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm not that close with him, but it does seem like that was the the play. I guess given, I mean, we had that thought, right? If we had gone on site to Croatia for the coverage, is there a world where it's worth it to just stay the whole time yeah. for all the seasons? Mm -hmm. Because if you have to do two hour lockdowns either side of the travel both ways, it's like what am I home for a week to just fly back to Croatia to sit in another quarantine? We might as well just mm -hmm. hang out in Croatia and do our thing, you know. So yeah. I, I have a feeling that they, they it was the something like that. Yeah, like, hey, B-Cop, if you just want to stay for the second season, we'll, we got That's you, true. bud. Here's the computer. You know, go crazy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's probably it. I, I, I And it saves a lot of time, too. And I think if he knew he was going to the major, maybe better to not travel like right. back, right? Because you increase the chance that you get COVID. Yeah, why take the risk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Oh, but even still. Yeah, but on the other side, I want to also give a shout out to our offsite commentators. Uh, with Zycops and Black, I guess, are technically offsite, but the Aussies, dude, Danag and Aries, uh, MLP Dota, Johnny X Fire, mm -hmm. they have been fucking slaying it, dude. I mean, this group stage has been intense with multiple series going on at the same time. Um, and I just, I, I mean, these casters have been around for a while. We've seen the Aussies like really step up when they get the opportunity, um, and they're doing it again, man. And I'm just happy to see some. You know, underdiscovered talent getting a shot to really show what they've got at the major. It's a it's a nice thing. I agree. I was watching MLP. Yeah, really good caster. Uh, I think they I think they actually cast the the liquid game. I think it was uh, pretty sure it was him. I think so. Uh, that yeah, uh, a lot of the games have been uh, offside. Oh yeah, and then also fogged. That's another one. He uh, he his wow, local yeah. quarantine was breached, so he's he's sitting yep. at home. He wasn't able to attend either because of COVID related issues. So. Ooh, scary, Rough, dude. dude. It's it's scary. Yeah, but uh, at this point, I mean, we're committed. So all we can do is, you know, positive thoughts, try to think the best and hope for the best, you know, fingers crossed. I think that's kind of the point that we're at. So, you know, mm -hmm. that that's my mentality. Um, all right, so here you go, buddy. Th this is the real hot drama, though, relative to South America. I'm sure you saw Mr. Avo Plus tweeting about this a couple days ago. No oh. official coverage for Spanish or Portuguese for the major. Any thoughts about this one, bud? So yeah, uh, I mean Russia gets it right. Yep, and uh, English, Russia, China, and uh, I guess there. So I have on Liquipedia there are Portuguese commentators listed, 
but I think it might just be like, hey, we're at home covering this on our own. I don't think they're yeah. official casters that are like being paid or not. Being paid. I, I guess I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, and I, I know Ava was frustrated I'm because almost certain they're not being paid. Yeah, I know Ava was yeah. frustrated because he felt like, hey, we're we're willing to do this. Like we're we're used to just having to cast for free and represent our region. We're willing to accept that, but can we at least like get in the lobbies or like get an exception for this ten minute delay so that our viewers can actually enjoy the games without spoilers? Like I think they had a series of very reasonable asks where if you are the premier coverage for let's say Spanish, a language that doesn't have any official coverage, maybe we need a middle state. Like you're yeah. not just community guidelines aren't really fair for those people, right? Community guidelines mm-hmm. are designed for the gorks of the world. Like if you and I want to, yeah. what capitalist is doing, right? That's what exactly. the community guidelines are for. What we're talking about for like Mr. Avo Plus and those guys, that's like you're the you're representing a whole region in terms of coverage. And we all know that there's a limitation on lobby slots, right? You can only, there's up to six. So you can have it in most six different languages, usually ones reserved for production, all this kind of stuff. Which by the way, let's be fair, it is probably very easy to fix if Valve really wanted to, <laughs> well, right? That's uh, probably I'm true. pretty sure that is like uh, but some bits and bytes that you gotta. As a middle ground, it's like, hey, just true. let us be the unofficial, official Spanish casters that can at least cast without being spoiled because we're stuck behind this delay. I think mm-hmm. that's a fair ask. I, I, I don't know I if agree. you agree, but um, yeah, that, that made I... me a little sad. Yeah, man. Because, like, if I understand, you know, majors are really expensive. Paying for uh, more people to do work, it, it is probably very expensive. So if you're not going to pay for it, I think it's fair uh, that they, they get this exemption. Just to, I think yeah, meet them halfway. It's the least that could be done. I think there's more that could be done. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. But, you know, with the current status quo, I think that that is very fair. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't see a problem with it. Yeah. And I, uh, based on Avo's tweets, I think some of the things that he was frustrated about was that this wasn't even acknowledged, right? We're one yeah. day out from the major, and we still don't know if there will be official coverage. Like, that's frustrating because you don't want to invest your time, effort, money into making a little you know, Spanish hub or whatever if there actually are official casters and you just aren't privy to it. But without yeah. that information, you can't really make a decision either way. So you're just sitting in limbo like, hello? Is anybody listening? Does anybody care? Hello? We have a lot of fans over here that would really like to watch some of these games. And it is, as a th- third-party observer watching that on social media, I feel for Avo and those guys so much. It's just, mm-hmm. just tell me one way or the other. Are you doing it or are you not? So we can decide. Not knowing is the worst of all worlds. Exactly. I I, I agree. South uh, America I, getting I the heel saw... like usual, buddy. Ah. <laughs> At least we have Thunder Predator to, <laughs> to forget about those things. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw Swado's tweet. Uh, he was he was complaining the same vein as Avo, but he was talking about. I guess he was being a little bit more uh, edgy with what he was saying. He said that, um, you know, the I guess everyone in the Dota sphere was hunting down the SA players that were racist. But at the same time, they wouldn't address like problems. So like we we are a part of the community when we do bad stuff, but we're not a part of the community when like we need official cast. Mm. Uh, and I think he he went a little bit too far with uh, the way he actually said things. 
but I understand where he's coming from. And, was it, and I think this he, tweet he from 18 hours ago, the, this is, yes, there is right now like 50,000 people watching Thunder Predator because there is no official ES broadcast for the major. And apparently no one gives two shits. But yeah, let's keep acting like we care about the SAC next time a player says a no, no word when they're angry. Sad face. Watching Thunder play yeah. on community broadcasts, by the way. So he means mm. like there's 50k people watching on like scattered about just random small streamers that are covering it. I think that's the point that he's making. Yeah, yeah, and that like he. I mean, I, he I thinks I, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I, I don't think it, like it, using it, racism as like is that the, the, at me? Is is that tweet like a poke at me hmm. as the uh, the racist caller outer, or is he just kind of saying huh. in general? I, he might be saying in general. Uh, I mean, maybe it's, it's going to be ine like you're inevitably going to think about yourself because I mean, I'm not hurt like, by it. I think it's as I uh -huh. said before, it, that was not an easy thing to do. Right. I felt guilty about it either way. I feel guilty seeing racism and just going, ah, that's someone else's problem to deal with. And I feel guilty calling out South Americans when there is a clear cultural difference. Let's say it's not one to one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I felt like it was a bit of a lose lose situation. So. We kind of just navigated it the best we could and tried to turn it into a, a more positive message as best we could. But, I mean, I still don't feel good about it. I still feel a little guilty. Uh, that and it's those... not like you're the responsible person for actually bringing uh, a, a Spanish gas, right? Yeah, so like, it's, exactly. Yeah. I, I do see where I he's coming from. He... That it's, mm -hmm. like, easy to point out negative stuff and, yeah. like, it's not sexy to, like, call out the, like, yeah, there should be a stream for this. So I do think that's fair. Um I, yeah, I, it, it's just shitty, I, I guess. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I felt bad. You know, I, I really hope people don't think that I got some like sick, twisted pleasure out of seeing like a Raytace get uh -huh. banned from an event. Like my angle was more, I'd rather talk about this now when DPC isn't on because I don't want to see a Raytace get kicked out of the fucking DPC for shit like this. You know, uh -huh. I'd rather see him get kicked I, I out of BTS Americas any day instead of DPC. So um, I know that that's like a nuance that a, a lot of people didn't see, but. I'm going to keep mm -hmm. saying it, Bowie, because, you know, <laughs> like I, I want the best for SA. I really, truly do. I want to see these players thrive, grow, and be real competitors on the international scene. And there are a couple of cultural strings that, that are attached to that. The international scene has international standards, and I think that's part of pushing SA into the spotlight is bridging that gap a little bit. And I don't think anyone's feels. even really tried to bridge that gap yet. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It feels like SA players in general are kind of late to the party. Like when we talked about the Jericho thing with betting, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of managers didn't know that uh, just like, chit chatting about how screams are, are going could be considered like a problem. So yeah. keep uh, it close. I'm glad that the whole Aredis thing didn't happen uh, during DPC. So uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, yeah, he got banned from the BDS tournament, but come suspended. on. Suspended. Yeah. To, to, suspended. Yeah. One it's, event ban, not a BTS ban. When you say ban, it oh, sounds like yeah, he's true, banned true. from BTS. <laughs> no, it just that it's one. It's not like uh, season five of BTS Americas. That's all. He, second yeah, yeah, chances yeah. are on the table. He will be there for future events. Um, we have to keep that, keep that in check. He's not mm. banned, banned. Like when we hear somebody's banned from Twitch, right? Yeah, um, true. A small so, nuance sorry. there. Sorry to jump all over you, but nah, no problem. As you can, as you can see, I've been spending too much time re, uh, arguing with people on Twitter and Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, <sighs> I, I think these discussions at the end of the day are valid and they're healthy. I think you know the, the uh, only like 
if we don't talk about it, we're not going to advance. I think Alvo talked uh, a bit about it, right? Like mm -hmm. if we just bash people saying, oh, you're racist, we don't really fix that much. So as long as we have healthy conversations about how we can move forward, I think we're already in like a better spot than yeah. before for sure. Yeah. Got to focus on being constructive and, and making a better future, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. This is a, a really exciting time to be a South American Dota fan. A heartbreaker that we don't have two teams represented, but um, amazing that Thunder Predator has done this well so far. You know, I, I don't mm -hmm. expect them to win out and go through the entire group stage undefeated. But as of right now, I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic that Thunder Predator will make that top three. So we'll see them seated directly into the playoffs and basically take that seat that uh, Beast Coast qualified for um, in, yeah. in the DPC league in this first season. So that, that alone to me is like, that's a pretty cool little storyline, you know, that we lost the, the playoff team, but we still had the other team step up and make it. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's ah, mm -hmm. South America. Take the shackles off and these players can actually shine on land. Give them a right. good internet connection. Get rid of the ping disadvantage. Give them a computer with 60 FPS. Or I guess at this <laughs> rate, we've probably got 120 Hertz, 120 FPS. Pretty sure. I mean, yeah, they're they're getting spoiled, dude. <laughs> dude, like uh, when you when you look at Beast Coast, right? Before they went to that first minor, uh, they all of those players they were not accomplished at all. But just the fact that they went there, they you know started getting confident about their skills, and then they they uh, went for other events. They just grew so much, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that Thunder Predator kinda got you to do the same thing here. Uh, yeah. I, I really expect a lot from them in the future. And as a Brazilian, I, I, I got to say, I'm a little scared uh, for our chances in the future because, like, you learn so much going to a major like this. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they're, they're going to feel so good about themselves uh, afterwards. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really hard to beat Beast Coast and Thunder Predator uh, in the division in the division one of the next season. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Th these are the kind of matches that give you that invaluable experience that the, the team yeah. sitting at home right now are just, it, it you can't it's like that ego boost that you cannot get it anywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's incredible. hundred percent. Um, all right, man. Well, I think that wraps up most of the stuff we had on the docket today. Uh, one little PSA to throw out there though. Uh, the qualifiers for South America season two, of DPC, oh, yeah. uh, the opens are already underway. I, I caught wind that zero uh, nine hundred were playing, but had already been knocked out. So um, that's a potential upset. I don't know if what would have happened if they qualified again anyway. Um, but that was sort of you an know interesting. If they data point. Uh, played with the entire uh, with the full roster. From I last time? I do not know. I th it was okay. uh, reported to me. I heard Jericho was playing, but um, it's really hard with the bracket stuff because they all have their stupid yeah, other yeah. account names, so you don't know <laughs> sure. who's who. It's really hard to navigate. Um, but I wanted to throw this date out there so people can mark their calendars. The closed qualifiers will be coming up before too long, and I believe that is April third and fourth. So the closed qualifiers for the two teams that will be in the, the lower division for season two of SADPC after the major, those qualifiers are happening when the major is on, uh, like date-wise. So that's April oh. 3rd, April 4th. Um, and I'm going to be planning on casting that on my Twitch channel here, twitch.tv slash TV. So we'll have at least some coverage for uh, the last couple rounds of like the closed qualifiers after we get out of opens. So mm -hmm. um, 
looking forward Down to that. In. Yeah, excited to see uh, you know what we got on the docket for the next season already. Feels like we're getting ahead of ourselves because the majors like just started, but um, <laughs> you know we're it's efficient here in Dota. You know it's it's all moving at once. True. So uh, are the games going to clash? Or I guess there might be a clash at the end, right? Yes, exactly. There, if... there could be some overlap. The uh, South America stuff starts, I think, at 2 p.m. Pacific. And I think it's two best of threes per day. So okay. minimal overlap. Yeah. But if we have you know two long three-game series, uh, might cut it into the, the opener for the broadcast. So I guess more important, right. it, they're, they're happening on the same dates is maybe a better way to frame it. You know, We're not waiting oh. for the major to end before we start uh, you know, the, the qualifiers. Like, the Opens are uh -huh. going on right now. I actually remember a really important thing. Uh, did you did you know that Incubus actually, I guess the Incubus players that are not with the Incubus uh, org again, they got their slot back? Uh, uh, were you aware of that whole thing where they lost their, their slot to the Incubus org? So, yeah, this was the one that was, like, it sort of billed as almost a mistake, right? Where they... Yeah. The org had the slot. They left the org thinking that they could just put their new team in the slot, but it was accidentally exactly. locked. So that was manually fixed on the back end. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they Good. are now playing DPC again because they would have to qualify if they Dude, didn't. When I saw that tweet, I, I was actually just like, there absolutely has to be a way to fix this. Like this, yeah. this would be the stupidest way for a team to get removed from DPC because this is that it was truly just like a logistical accident. You it know, was the, the most SA thing I've ever seen. Like <laughs> SA teams never done that. Like the manager doesn't know how that works either. So they just get kicked. They they kick themselves out of DPC <laughs> by mistake. Like what the hell? Yeah, dude. How's that even possible? No, that, that one was a heartbreaker. I definitely had that moment yeah. of like, uh, I really hope this gets rectified or else I will be calling this shit out like crazy. Players yeah. get the slots, not orgs. Holy shit, I hope this gets fixed. And I'm super glad that it did. That makes me feel really good. Mm -hmm. One one less thing we got to put on Twitter, man. My God, I'm getting tired of the call outs, I tells you. Yes, dude, come on. I got to slow it down. I don't know what it is. Ugh. I don't want to be the essay court guy, the the judge of everything. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, I, I liked your tweets today, though. I have to say, buddy, or like, you know, maybe no, finally SA will stop being the heel of the Dota community. The lowbrow mm -hmm. joke of like, lol, insert SA shit team here. Like, I'm getting pretty tired of that shit as well. And it's like, I don't want to call everything racist, but the, it, it does start to get a little racist at a certain point of people just dismissing teams because of where they're from you know what i mean like that's not yep. cool like let's judge them on their gameplay not just say oh a bunch of peruvians they're not gonna do well like no that's not an okay thing to say kind of not an okay thing to think either but you know you do you i guess <laughs> yeah it's it's just i don't know people people really like to it's just like easy jokes and that's like yeah. people are not sometimes they're not even racist, right? But they they saw someone say, "Oh, provens are bad," so they, it's they just go lame. in there and they're like, "It reminds yeah. me of like women in the kitchen jokes." I'm like, "That's not even exactly. a joke anymore, dude." It's it's yeah, dude. it's been played out since before we were born. Just move on, find something yeah. else. It's not a joke. It's just hurtful now, you know. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I I hate that really lowbrow, like lowest common denominator stuff. Like it's exactly. it's a meme, but it's it's like a really shitty meme. Yeah. I want the meme to be South America shows up on land and surprises people for underestimating them. You know, like I want the meme to be SA are contenders to go top eight every single fucking major. Same for NA. Honestly, our brothers up here mm -hmm. in NA, it's the same thing. 
there it's this unfortunate like oh outside of eg they all suck it's like no quincy crew's pretty fucking good and even with a stand-in pelosi playing instead of mss they still look pretty fucking good how about we stop yeah. with this like regional bias shit it's like eu versus the world um i really like, hope even, this major shakes that up even for a say right it's in our best interest that na grows because a lot of the screens are actually uh an asa so mm -hmm. I am dying for Quincy Crew to actually get an org. Like, come on, those guys are yeah. so good. I, I really hope they actually uh, get a good placement because yeah. I want to see Lelis fly. Dude, me too. Uh, I was yeah. watching the uh, the Quincy Crew versus Thunder Predator series, and I was I was trying to watch it from your perspective. Lelis versus the Peruvians. Who do I cheer <laughs> for here? The South American pride, or is Lelis literally the only Brazilian playing in the major? Uh yes, I think so. So there might is there a country breakdown here? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look see. Yeah, I I am ninety yes. percent sure. Yeah, there are a lot of countries that only have one representative. Uh, but Lelis is the the sole Brazilian dude. They're, the Brazilian hope. Wow. The Brazilian hope. Wow. Uh, HFN was actually getting pretty close there with the with the with them beating No Ping with the beating Biscos as No Ping, but he he joined the roster way too late. So yeah. they, they couldn't really make up for those losses early on. Yeah. All right. Well, <sighs> still a lot of major to watch, buddy. Hopefully a week from now when we record uh, episode 12, it's more positive news to report for Thunder Predator. Uh, this is one of the mm -hmm. first times that I've almost taken pride in like being a biased watcher where I'm watching these TP <laughs> games like, come on, boys. Come on, boys. I know you can do it. Um, and it's kind of exciting, dude. I feel like I've been watching these games with a shit-eating grin on my face, face like a, dude, yeah, a kid like, in a candy store. I had my store. tweet prepared 20 minutes earlier, and I was just waiting for the game to end. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to win. Oh, okay, that 9,000 going ahead. All right, 15,000. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was so happy. Yeah, it's been awesome, dude. So. Mm -hmm. Positive vibes all around, folks. Good news for South America. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We'll be back again, the mostly weekly show here. You can find SadPP on Zayori.tv, Zayori.tv slash SadPP. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere else you'd expect to find a podcast. And uh, spread the good word of what's happening in South America. We're taking over Dota one series at a time, and you've got the all front right. row seat. See you next time, folks.